Good evening, sports world. What is good? Welcome to Go Baller FFS and our NBA Fast Break Fridays podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, and here to break down the NBA 2018 All-Star rosters finally being decided this week, although not televised to many basketball fans' dismay. And Mr. Alan Dell, I'm going to start off with you here. You, who you got, man? Team LeBron or Team Stefan? 2018 All-Star Weekend, man. Who's your pick? Who's taking it home? Yeah, I think LeBron's team uh, is is way better. You know, way better. Uh, he picked a good team. Although I don't like Al Horford, I, I don't think he should be on the All-Star team. I think he's overrated. He's, I mean, he has pedestrian stats, 13.3 points per game. Uh, not even eight rebounds a game. Uh, I just thought I'd, I'd take Andre Drummond over him. I, I don't know why he's on the team. I guess he's a nice guy, works hard, but I've always felt he's the most overrated big man in the league. So go from picking Team LeBron to all of a sudden start bashing Mr. Al Horford, man. How about the fact that Al Horford's Boston Celtics are 35 and 14, 21 team. games over 500, where the only other new addition from last year's team is Kyrie Irving? So. Give props to Al Horford for it, holding it, it down it as Brad, a veteran. Give it to Brad room. Stevens. Well, if, if you could give it to a coach, he'd be my first pick, if not for Greg Popovich or Eric Spolster. But talk about the Boston Celtics. I mean, look, Andre Drummond's on a struggling Pistons squad that's not even above 500 in the decrepit Eastern Conference. So no one on the Pistons deserves an all-star vote, in my opinion. I'm happy with the way both all-star rosters were worked out in the end. We're talking about the reserves and the starters. I think you could argue some some people deserve the start compared to others. But at the end of the day, these are two pretty stacked teams. Almost everybody, it seems, consensus in NBA world here is picking Team LeBron to, to route Team Curry yeah. in the all-star game. But I'm going to throw I'm going to I'm going to flip it on you, man. I, I got Team Stefan winning this game. This is the ultimate case underdog versus favorite David versus Goliath team Stefan all the players on that roster are going to be counted out people saying LeBron James team is going to win without question you think there's any chance that team LeBron loses to team Curry in the all-star game are these players going to bring it man well that's the whole thing uh, this is an exercise in futility if they don't play hard the, the last what, 10, 20 years of All-Star games have been totally boring. People were shutting them off and no one was playing defense. They were scoring 180 points a game. So if, if they keep, if they continue that, this whole All-Star picking thing is just a total waste of time. That, that Will they play hard? I don't know because people are, are worried about getting hurt. So that's, that's another thing. But again, if they don't play hard in this particular All-Star game, then this whole exercise is just a waste of time. Uh, but your boy Boogie Cousins, not to mention Anthony Davis, both starting together and teammates on the New Orleans Pelicans, both starting for Team LeBron in this game. Do you think the front court's going to make a difference in this? I, I feel like it's more about guard play. Wh- which team has the most shooters? Which team has the most off-ball scores? Which team has the most scores that can straight create shots on their own? You, you look at Team Steph, and it, obviously Steph Curry, you know, that goes without saying, but you got James Harden on their team. Th- those two can put up 100 points just between the two of them. Yeah. I mean, then you look at the Greek Freak, Jimmy Butler, they got guys who can play defense. Joel Embiid on the other side, I actually ta- I would take him over Davis and Cousins because Embiid is a hell of the passers. I, I think this is going to be the unselfish underdog team that's going to surprise people, and they might win this game by 20-plus points, man. I, I think too many egos and too much star power on Team LeBron in this upcoming All-Star game. Well, LeBron's team has three big men, and they're all reserves that can really shoot the ball well, and LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Love, and Christoph Porzingis. So, 
Those are their three big men on the reserves, and they all shoot the ball well from the outside and mid-range also. So that's going to be an interesting uh, dilemma or matchup to watch. And it's, it's a good point because you look on the other side, those are the three lesser shooters when it comes to big men. I dream on Green can shoot the ball, but then you got Al Horford, you got Carl Anthony Towns, so not the best three-point shooters in the world, although those guys can still knock down outside shots. I've got an X factor here on the bench. For Team Stefan, the fact he's got the splash brother, Clay Thompson. And then don't forget about Dame Lillard, man. He's been a snub in years past. That guy can put up 40, 50 points if he gets the ball enough and gets hot in this game. I think it's going to be one heck of a game. It's going to be interesting to see LeBron James against his supposed two nemesis players, which were Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving after moving to the Celtics. But it seems like LeBron's putting that drama and beef aside. This thing needs to be televised next year, man. We can't we can't go another year like well, this. Well, somebody's feeling's going to get hurt. The last guy picked, like Russell West, Westbrook. Is well, we're we're going to jump into that here in a few seconds. Not to cut you off, our all-star snubs and beefs of 2018. Thanks for listening in, Sports World. We will be right back. And keeping in line here with our NBA All-Star 2018 breakdown, talking about... Team LeBron versus Team Steph talking about our all-star starters, our all-star snubs, sitting here with Mr. Alan Dell, the godfather. We both covered our fair share of NBA and hoops throughout the years in sports media. And going back to what you were saying at the beginning of the first segment, Mr. Al Horford, your biggest snub in the East. What about on the Western Conference? You got any beefs or snubs with that roster? Mr. Allen Dell, is it Lou Williams who deserved the shot? Is it Paul George on the Oklahoma City Thunderclowns, as you call them best? Which one in the West is the biggest snub, in your opinion, going into this All-Star well, weekend in a few Kyle weeks? Kyle Kuzma. He's a pretty good player. Touche. Touche. Yeah. Kyle Kuzma, Paul baby. Paul George is a good case. He's a front-court player, I guess. Uh, uh, no sympathy, no crying tell for Carm- Carmelo Anthony, who's telling everybody, uh, well, I'm not an all-star because I made a great sacrifice. He didn't deserve to be on the all-stars last year when he played for the Knicks. It was, if you remember, somebody got hurt and he filled in at the end. So, Melo, goodbye, great career. Knicks ran, man. Tell him how you really feel, Mr. Allendale. But, uh... I think they ought to have a senior spot. I think they should have one senior spot in the All-Star game, and it should go to Mono Ginobili this year. Not Carmelo Anthony, huh? He's, he's, not, he's not the senior in the NBA yet? No. Too, too young for you? I think I think Manu Ginobili. I, I, it's you know if we were to go back to the old voting format, which was 100% by the fans, your boy Manu would have would gotten in. Yeah. But then that opens up to some potential guys who don't deserve to get in to get in there. But I agree uh, with you 100%. Yeah, that, well, yeah, Manu yeah. should definitely be in the All-Star yeah, game. You can Absolutely. have two, two, tw- two 12-man rosters, and the 13th person on each team is a senior, a guy that is at the end of his career, had a great career, and the fans love him. And Ginobili got, what, the fourth, fifth highest Vote total among the guards in the West Side. He, he would definitely be a... So let's call it our Baker's Dozen senior spot. What about just extending the rosters from 12 to 15, or is that too many guys getting too in? Too many, then you might have guys complain. De- Devin Booker didn't make it. He's having an awful good year for Phoenix. God, you know, I mean... I, I think when you look at it, I mean, guys on teams under 500 really got the screw here. I mean, taking a look at both conferences, in the Eastern Conference, the only all-star... To make to be considered for either roster was Kristaps Porzingis on the 21 and 28 Knicks, and then you look at the Western Conference. I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think a single player who was under 500 in the Western Conference made the All Star team, whether a starter or reserve. Uh, and actually, if you look at it closely, no one no one outside the top seven made the All Star team in the Western Conference. So that's a very interesting thing there, and it goes back to your point about Andre Drummond being a snub in the Eastern Conference. I mean. 
they're still in the top nine teams, and, and they're still, what, three and a half, four games above the Knicks. So could people be saying that Chris Porzingis didn't deserve to get in based off that logic right there? What Was he a fringe candidate? Or, or I, I guess that goes to the whole point of who do you think was the last pick overall in this whole NBA draft uh, melee? Kevin well, Love, your boy? It doesn't matter because uh, the, uh, the LeBron, Steph, Stephon Curry, they're going to pick their teammates before they're going to pick other people. So I, I don't think that's fair. I don't know who the last person was. Maybe it, maybe it would have been Kevin Love. That's what a lot of people are but, saying. But he gets beat up all the time by uh, by the media, by some of those Cleveland people. That Every time there's a problem, it's, it's Kevin Love's fault. I mean, the guy's averaging 20 and 10, or he was averaging 20 and 10 until Isaiah Thomas showed up and started dominating the ball and taking shots. And they're not doing very well with Isaiah Thomas. That's another one of our predictions. He won't be with them next year. Well, Kevin Love made a, f- a funny comment when asked about his spot in the, in the NBA All-Star Draft, saying that he's not a between-the-legs dribbler type of guy. He's not a dunker guy, but he will get a rebound and outlet pass it to a guy like Russell Westbrook. So I think he'll appreciate that. And and just your thoughts overall. I mean, the fact Russell Westbrook was so butthurt about all of this, <laughs> thinking the alphabetical order list and his name was last, he thought he was the last pick. I, mean, yeah. I guess that's kind of why they didn't televise. It or, or, or it's not a guarantee they are going to televise in the future, right? Well, him and the earth is flat. Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, they have great philosophical opinions on what's going on, but somebody, I guess, told uh, Russell Westbrook what alphabetical order means, so he, <laughs> he calmed down after that. So. I see uh, Carmelo Anthony was one of the guys messing with him about that, so it was kind of funny to see that, and, you know, obviously Russ, you know, being playful about it after he did find out, but the guy went out and dropped almost 50 points, shot mm-hmm. above 50%, so, you know, whatever you got to use as motivation to continue to play great, I mean, obviously Russell's a, a hell of a competitor, and he, look, he, he's one of the top five players in the NBA, I don't think you can really dispute that i mean just overall from on both sides of the ball but we'll be right back with another segment of nba fast break fridays and we are back sports world thank you for tuning in to go baller ffs and our nba fast break fridays podcast i'm your host chris dell the mad journalist sitting here with the godfather mr alan dell and we mentioned the nba standings looking at you know teams almost 50 games into the season now and your new york knicks man slipping three and seven in their last 10 games sitting at 21 and 28 overall what is that good for the 10th seed overall in the eastern conference chris tasporzing is the only all-star in the nba to make it on a team below 500 so i mean props to your boy the unicorn man but uh, this is your official segment of the week for the nba our state of the knicks rant our state of the knicks segment with mr allen dell you're a lifelong Knicks fan, you've been there during the good times and the bad. So, yeah, it's been so, a long so, time since 1973. That, that's right. But you, you took you took a little break there in the 90s and 2000s with the Patrick Ewing squad. I remember that. But you're you're back on the Knicks, uh, back on the Knicks wagon, and, and just give us your update. Does this team? I keep asking this all the time. Does this team have a legit shot of getting into the East, even in the A seat overall I, I this year? I don't think so. Uh, again, the number one. There's a, it's a bad team with a bad coach. And let's talk the coach first. Every day, it's getting closer to Jeff Hornacek's reign as the coach is over. He, as I predict the beginning of the season, he will not be back next year. He could be gone at the All-Star break. I mean, the latest thing is Joaquin Noah. He left the team. Look, he's not the player he was, but I saw him play in one game this year, and his defense is still pretty much up there, but he's not getting any minutes. Willie Hernan Gomez doesn't get any minutes. He gets in. He plays pretty well. They say this is a developmental year. This is what bothers me about the Knicks in their front office. What does that mean? I don't know, but why is Jared Jack 
playing almost 27 minutes a game. He's 34 years old. He is not part of the next future. He should be playing about five, six minutes each half. He dominates the ball when he gets in there. He's shooting horribly. He's under 30% from three-point land. And I have, as I have said many times, for whatever reason, I see him sometimes with the ball, and Porzingis is wide open on the wing, and he will not pass him the ball. He'll, I saw him play the other day where Jack had the ball on the wing, Porzingis was on top of the key, wide open. It would have been an easy pass. Instead, he throws the ball across court to another guy in the corner. Well, that's that's what I should that's what I should have gotten you for your birthday is a Jared Jack jersey. But man. <laughs> but let me say, uh, he turns the ball over. He can't play defense. He's shooting under thirty percent on threes. So why is he getting twenty seven minutes per game? He, and he dominates the ball. Jeff Hornacek doesn't know how to rotate a roster, and he doesn't know how to evaluate talent. He, he's all over the place. And Knicks are now that's the thing that bothers you if you're a Knicks fan. You don't see any improvement in the front office. You got to give. Uh, give them a little longer, and you know Phil's gone, and every, everything was blamed on him. But uh, it's very disturbing. I well, it's a team. You know, you're looking at their, you know, their team stats and player stat breakdown overall. I mean, Jeff Hornacek's one of those coaches that he doesn't like to play his starters that many minutes overall. I mean, compared to a guy like Tom Thibodeau with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And there's not a guy on the Knicks roster averaging over 33 minutes a game. I think the highest guy is Tim Hardaway Jr., followed by Chris Porzingis, who's had his fair share of injuries this season. And you look at Jared Jack, I mean, yeah, he's only shooting 43% from the field overall. And like you mentioned, less than 30% from three-point land. I mean, look, look at a guy like Michael Beasley. He's sitting there averaging 13 points a game, but he's getting 19 minutes a game. So, you know, what's what's got to give for them to actually find – five, six, seven players, a solid core roster who can play solid minutes and contribute solid numbers on a night-to-night basis for them. Look, when, when, Hornacek, when Hornacek was at Phoenix, before he got fired, there was a near riot. Players erupted against him, and I can see that happening here. He Again, he, he, doesn't under, he doesn't have a rotation. Every game, well, Lance Thomas, I don't know why Lance Thomas is starting. They say he has he's good defense. Well, what about well, what about Hernan Gomez? Like you mentioned, yeah, he was on the Rising Stars game last year, and that's not that big of a deal. But he's averaging less than ten minutes a game. What, what's, what's the beef with Hornacek and well, Hernan Gomez? Comment to the media is, is he doesn't play good defense. Well, he's not going to learn how to play good defense sitting on a bench. And again, if this is a developmental year, as they say, then let him play. Lance Thomas is not part of the future. Jared Jack. It's not part of the future. They need to make a trade. Actually, their best asset to trade is Courtney Lee, who's, who's having a career year. At He's a solid guy. I don't know if he can get you that much. Uh, but but it, let's, we're going to wrap up this segment here. Give me a number. How many games will the Knicks win this season? 35? Are they going to get the 40? I'll go to 35. So thir- 35 and 47. So that's going to be kind of uh, 500 along, along the way for the rest of the season here. We'll be right back, Sports World. So sticking in the Eastern Conference here on our NBA Fast Break Fridays podcast, going from the state of the Knicks to the state of the Cavs, a team entering the season that many thought would still be contenders to challenge the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. But now many are debating whether or not the Cavs legit have a shot to even make it out of the Eastern Conference with Toronto Raptors, a team I've hated on. They're they're surging right now. They're within a few games of the number one seed and usurping the Boston Celtics and the Celtics themselves, obviously, with Kyrie Irving, your boy, Mr. All-Star, Mr. All-Star snub, a.k.a. the unsnub Al Horford. And then looking at, uh, you know, a few other teams at the top there, Indiana, who the Cavaliers are playing tonight uh, on a Friday night here. I mean, 
the Cavaliers overall, you, you got some gripes about Isaiah Thomas. Has, has he improved the team since he came back from that hip injury? Or has he, has he made the Cavaliers worse, in your opinion, Mr. So Allendale? Far, so far, he's made the Cavaliers worse. He cannot play defense. We all know that. Yep. He's dominating the ball. He's shooting under 30, 28% on threes. And maybe the worst thing he's done is hurt Kevin Love. I mean, Kevin Love was averaging 20 and 10, 20 points, 10 rebounds when Isaiah showed up. Well, let's take a look at that. In the last 10 games, Kevin Love with with uh, Isaiah Thomas has only had two games where he scored over 20 points and two other games where he scored over 15. And the rest of he's had two points, he's had three, he's had 10, 12, that zero game where he had a set, he had a migraine, and 10. So, so it's really hurt Kevin Love on the offensive end. And he's had an all-star season up to the point where Isaiah Thomas has come back. So the number's dipping a little bit. Obviously, his overall season average isn't down by much yet. But we're only a few weeks into Isaiah Thomas being back in this Cavs rotation. And then, obviously, Cleveland on absolute slide right now. Losers, seven out of their last ten. They've lost back-to-back. It it looks like they might hold on to the win tonight against Indiana. But even with that win, I mean, they're barely they're only one game ahead of the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference standings right there. The Cavs are 3-7 and with Isaiah Thomas. That last ten games, right? I'm talking about right there. I mean, you got, I mean, in the in Indiana, the team only two games ahead of them, only two games ahead of the Washington Wizards, only three games ahead of the eighth seed overall. <laughs> you look at the Cavaliers. I mean, I mean, you brought it up to me the other night, and I kind of scoffed at it. Was that do the Cavaliers have any risk of missing the playoffs altogether? I mean, they'd really have to keep sliding to do that. But you look out overall, they're five games. Five games in the standings from being out of the Eastern Conference playoff race and what I call the decrepit Eastern Conference. The freaking Detroit Pistons are five games away from the Cavaliers in the standings. The only two teams with respectable records right now in the Eastern Conference, Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors, straight up, man. I mean, what what, what is the future of this Cavaliers team? Obviously, LeBron James, is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? If I had to bet my money right now, I would say that he stays because he's getting older and they, they will pay him the money that he wants. But besides that... What other blocks or, or players does this team have to build around in well, Cleveland? It's funny, David Aldridge, the guru from NBA.com, he's predicting that uh, Kevin, excuse me, that LeBron is going to be in Houston next year. So. Ooh, Houston. I so what, partnering up with Chris Paul and James Hart. I mean, I guess you could see that. that he would fit into the roster right there for sure, man. So, I mean, I'm sure he'd love playing with your boy Mike D'Antoni too. Well, that team would obviously give Golden State a really good run for their money with LeBron. I mean, that's maybe that's what he wants. So. You're talking about the two super teams being out in the Western Conference, if that were to happen. I know people have mentioned the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, people always mention the New York Knicks. I don't know if it's going to happen in either of those places. I mean, I, 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 I personally, if I was a GM, I could easily see him fitting in on the Lakers. I mean, look, the, the Los Angeles Lakers are 18 and 29. I mean, that's not terrible for a team as young as they are. I think they were seven and three in their last 10 games. They've won three games in a row. Like you said, Kyle Kuzma, man, like we, we saw him play in Vegas in the summer league. And I told you he was going to be a perennial all-star and hall of fame player. I mean, that, 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 one, that yeah. was easy to tell watching him and Lonzo ball on the court together. Kuzma's a guy that can do anything and everything, but maybe they're still a little bit too young for the aging LeBron and that receding LeBron James, King James hairline right there. Well, James wants a couple of rings. You know, he, he wants to have a shot at catching up to Michael Jordan, even though that's that's pretty tough. LeBron James, 3-5 and five overall in the NBA Finals, man. Still halfway to go to, to even tie Jordan, man. He's got to get three more rings. Yeah, and he was lucky uh, that he won that one against the Spurs when uh, Popovich went brain dead, pulling 
The infamous Game 7, pulling Tim Duncan for that, that rebound, game huh? Game 6, yeah. Game 6, you're yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, the game. yeah, he, yeah Popovich, was, that's the worst move of his career. Oh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the Spurs here in a little bit and what's going on with the Spurs and Kawhi my Leonard. Oh, my. my favorite play overall in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard. We Ginobili. missed him bad this season. Manu Ginobili, all-star snub, baby. Sports World, welcome back to Go Baller FFS and our NBA Fast Break Fridays podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, and responding to a few call-ins we've had this past week regarding the NBA, keeping in tune with our hoops, our hardwood hoops segments here. We had a call-in about the San Antonio Spurs and Kawhi Leonard, so we went from the state of the Knicks to the state of the Cavs to now the state of the Spurs, your boy Greg Popovich. I mean, look. You look at the San Antonio Spurs record, and, and you would think that Kawhi Leonard's on the team, sitting there 32-18, and 18, third seed in the Western Conference, right behind Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. I mean, look, if Kawhi was actually playing, they might have 42 wins in the number one seed, but he's been hurt all year, and now there's reports that there's tension between him and the Spurs camp. Could he be a surprise guy being traded at the deadline? I don't know, man. It's just It seems like an unknown thing, and with such a humble, quiet guy, like Kawhi Leonard that just goes about his business. It's surprising to see that there's beef between his camp and the Spurs. I mean, what, what say you in all this ordeal? Is, is this not news at all, or is this something to be concerned about if you're a Spurs fan or a fan of the Western Conference in, uh, in general? Yeah, we don't know if it's true or not. Pop said it's overplayed. Uh, apparently, uh, obviously, there's a disharmony over how his injury has been treated. It's got to be frustrating for Kawhi. I mean, he's missed all, basically almost the whole season, but... If he can get healthy, and even if he doesn't play much this year and get back to where he, you know, he has been next season, I don't think there's going to be any problem. Maybe it's an injury that is a lot more severe than, than we thought it was. I mean, who is he mad at? Is he mad at the doctors? Because it's not up to Popovich. Uh, who he, you know, if he plays, Popovich isn't a doctor. So I, right, right. I, I think that's overplayed. Uh, I'm sure he's frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. You got to be frustrated, especially when they had that advantage and that lead over the Gold State Warriors last season in the playoffs. And uh, many people say that if Kawhi didn't go down in that series, that the Spurs would have won, and the, and the Warriors wouldn't even have been in the finals to ra- to route the Cavaliers. And he could have gotten his second Finals MVP. But hey, man, shoulda, woulda, coulda. It didn't happen. And it, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like I was saying in the last segment, I mean, this this guy's been my favorite player in the NBA for many, many years, even from before when he won the final became the youngest NBA player to ever win finals MVP when they beat the Heat when the the, the Heat had LeBron James and Dwayne Wade now in the Cavs and it, yeah it's you know nine games played this year in the nine games he played wasn't really a full 100% Kawhi Leonard only averaged you know less than a half a game 23.3 minutes per game still is second on the team in scoring in terms of averages you know LaMarcus Aldridge has had one hell of a year and he's helped keep that team afloat but as good as Popovich can be during the regular season and maintaining an above 50 win, you know, total for the season, every single year they went over 50 games, over 55, etc. But is that really going to hold up in the playoffs this year? I mean, you look at right now, we're talking about a Friday night, it's 9.30 p.m. And trust me, I'm the last person to ever overemphasize a regular season game. But the Spurs are losing by 19 points at halftime to the Philadelphia 76ers. And I just don't know if when the Spurs face a halfway decent team in the playoffs that they can actually beat them four times and, and win a series because Tony Parker, he's aging. He, he's not what he used to be. He doesn't start anymore. He's coming off the bench. So. Yeah, but, you know, so what? who are they going to rely on? I mean, Pau Gasol, what's, he's played every game this season, but what's he really going to do for you when it's all said and done? I mean, this is a team 
I'm a bit worried about, frankly. I, I think it's news, especially if you're a Spurs fan, to worry about the, the long run that you've had of so many finals appearances, so many consecutive playoff appearances with Popovich. How much longer is he going to coach if Kawhi Leonard somehow leaves that team? And when is Kawhi Leonard going to be back? I, I hope he's back this season, but from the looks of it right now, it doesn't seem like that's happening. Well, I see David Robinson sitting in the stands a lot. He looks pretty healthy, in shape to maybe, maybe ought throw to the admiral a, back out there. Yeah, get it. Get a uniform and give it back to him. Maybe you can help him out. I mean, hey, Tim, probably better than Ka- Kawhi Pau Leonard. Gasol. Oh, Pau Gasol. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Kawhi Leonard being out. You bring Tim, bring Tim Duncan back. Put him yeah, at the bring forward Duncan position. Back. Why not? For the playoffs. Yeah, but you know, all jokes aside, here with I'm what they're going to do. About Duncan, well, bring I'm, him back. I know you're seeing. I, I, I'm serious about that too. But in terms of joking, that's never going to happen. That's just not realistic. I mean, Dehonte, Dehonte Murray. You got guys like Brandon Paul, Derek White, Matt Costello, guys that 98% of basketball fans haven't heard of. So you got LaMarcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay. I mean, he, he's been in and out of the lineup at times himself, only averaging 11.5 points per game. Uh, I don't know. This this is concerning to me of where the Spurs are going to be, let's say, by 2020 in the next couple of seasons, that they cannot make Kawhi happy and not keep him as a happy franchise player on that team Watch out, because that team could easily go from one of the top to one of the bottom in the Western Conference. We'll be back with a final segment here on NBA Fast Break Friday. Sports World, we are back here with the final segment of our NBA Fast Break Fridays podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell. We appreciate your ear and you tuning in here on Go Baller FFS. And to wrap up our call-ins and NBA breakdowns for the week, we had a call-in speaking of the GOAT, the greatest of all time. The classic question since LeBron James has been in the NBA for what the last 15 years, who you got between LeBron James and Michael Jordan? And I'm going to parlay that question with one more that you brought up earlier today and that ESPN's been floating around now that we're in a dead time before the Super Bowl. Who's the greatest quote-unquote team athlete of all time between Michael Jordan and Tom Brady? Mr. Allen Dove, you've been around to see many more players in your lifetime than I have, so I'm going to let you take the stand on this one first give us your testimony first of all who you got between lebron and mj and secondly who you got between tom brady and michael jordan mj again is the greatest team player of all well, time what say first, you first i want to talk about a couple of guys that are not mentioned and i got to talk about joe montana he is 4-0 in super bowls okay he holds the record for most passes thrown in super bowls without interception 122 yeah, 122 passes without interception. So, so he should be right up there with Brady. I mean, why do you think that Brady has seemingly surpassed him in well, that Brady, debate? Now? Brady's been to six Super Bowls. He's uh, four and two, and Montana's been four and he's four and zero. Oh, well, so. that's the that's the classic LeBron versus MJ debate right there, right? I mean, basically LeBron is Tom Brady and Joe Montana is MJ because they're the old school guys. That never lost. So you look at Super Bowl and NBA Finals, Joe Montana and Michael Jordan are 10-0 combined. Never lost a freaking game in their lives, it seems like, when it, when it mattered most, right? So in your opinion, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, yeah, maybe that's not the debate to have, really, when it comes yeah, to greatest and, team player and, of all and, time. The, the player who always gets sliding in the, in the NBA is, is Will Chamberlain. Nobody has come close to putting up the numbers that Will Chamberlain put up. And for some reason, among a lot of young people there, there's this myth that, well, there were no big guys playing. He was only playing about against six, five guys. That, that's not true. Bill Russell, he's, he won 11 championships. He's got to be in there. He played... 18 games against a season against Bill Russell. He, he's 6'11. So, two, I mean, there there's two, two of the greatest right there. And, uh, 
and towards the end of uh, Will Chamberlain's career is when uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was coming in the league. And if you look at the ma- had, had to have matchups, those guys did, were, were pretty much even. One one game, uh, Chamberlain Abdul-Jabbar, and, and next game, Jabbar would. So uh, at the end, Chamberlain's last year when he was 36 and he was hurting well, he wasn't that well, but uh, didn't, didn't, do, didn't do that well against uh, Jabbar. But the rest of the time, he, he outdueled him or it was even. So, Well, here's the interesting thing when you bring up all these guys, right? LeBron James now in the new school and Michael Jordan in, in the previous school, Will in the old, old school. I mean, people bring up – every time somebody says LeBron's better than Jordan, they always bring up the fact he's a better athlete. And, and, and I want to ask those people, and, and the same person who called into our – few people who called into our station with this question is that, what is your definition of an athlete? Well, there's something I want to say about uh, LeBron is the youngest player to reach 30,000 points. When Will played in the NBA, you were not allowed to, to join the NBA, NBA until four years after your high school class graduated. So Chamberlain did not enter the NBA until he was 23 years old. He missed – I mean, he missed four productive years. He would have been averaging 18, 19 a game right out of high school. And then after that, he would have been averaging 25, 30. So he would have been way up there. And Michael Jordan left in his prime as well. Uh, so he yeah, missed time, yeah, too. allegedly because of gambling. That's, that's one conspiracy theory <laughs> floating well, around. But, but anyway. But, uh, but, if you're gonna, but what I say, but, if but, you're going to break it down in best athlete, Will Chamberlain was the best athlete of them all. They're seven, over seven star. feet tall, track star, like you said. He, did, he only won two NBA titles. Maybe that's not his fault. Well, going up against the dynasty that were the Celtics in those years, though, that had the better overall team, but not the best player on the court, but perhaps. As far as when you get to be 38, you can still play quarterback because you need an arm, and, you're, and, and that's the main thing. In, and an offensive line. <laughs> but you can't be a, a wing or guard player in the NBA at 38 or 9. you got to be agile, quick. you got to be able to jump. Unless you're a center, maybe you can hang in there for a while. So that's why I don't know about this Brady thing. I want to butt heads with you, old school versus new school. But, man, I got Joe Montana over Brady. I got Michael Jordan over LeBron. And you know what? Will Chamberlain and Jordan, how about the two best players that ever played the game? That make you happy, Mr. Allendale? I'll take Chamberlain number one. I'll I'll take the silence as acceptance there. Peace out, sports world.